o'clock. Oh, it's Friday night. It's 8 o'clock. You know what that means. It means it's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio to start it up and get it started. Rev that engine up. Get excited for the jokes. Big jokes are coming out tonight. We got the big guns. Big guns out tonight. I'm actually very excited that tonight we have all the way from Italy, one of my favorite people in the whole world, Filippo Esfico. If you guys don't remember this guy, he has the hottest pants in the biz. Uh, there was a time when we actually changed pants on stage, and they look better on him than they do on me, those flowered pants. Yeah. Took my pants off. I don't have a problem showing my legs on stage. They're all hairy and freaky. That's cool. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, a lot of people do have problems with body hair. You guys have a problem with body hair? No. Guys, no, everyone in here, right? So, and that brings me to another point. I have no idea how to trim and get into all the folds. Uh, I tried, I tried to, um, you know, first for Valentine's Day, I tried to, I tried to shave up the old, the old downstairs, tried to, tried to uh, re-carpet or maybe put some new flooring in. I don't know what I was trying to do. But uh, there are definitely some sharp implements involved. And I hurt myself, you guys. I, like, I think I sliced a little bit of my vagina because when I masturbate now, it hurts on my weird little wonky fin on the right side. And I think I got a little too close trying to make that look attractive to my boyfriend. Here's the point. I don't, I don't like razors near my body. In straight, I, don't, I got into this position in the tub. I was afraid I was going to fall over on my head just so I could shave my asshole. Okay, I, I'm worried about getting banged from behind. I feel like he's looking at that thing. It's really it's scary, you know? Uh, my boyfriend's cousin made me these earrings that are of her butthole. She did a cast of her butthole. And then, and they're so tiny. And there's this little tiny little butthole. And I'm like, did she ice it first? Is she, what is happening? How old is she? Why is her butthole so tiny? If she made earrings of my butthole, they'd be more like enormous flowers. You could make a brooch maybe out of it. Uh, I'm 41 years old and, and my, I, well, you know, hemorrhoids come whether you have babies or not, all right? So uh, my butthole looks like a bunch of worms trying to escape a hungry robin. Look like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. <laughs> it's meaty, you guys. It's gross. No one, I don't want anyone looking at my butthole. I am so afraid of getting banged from behind because I think it's all he can stare at. And I can't, I can't imagine that being an attractive thing. But shaving doesn't always work, you know, because I can't get into all the folds. So, uh, you know, I tried to resort to plucking. It didn't work. I didn't want to wax it because I knew it would just be a bloody mess. It's not all those... Capillaries are right there at the surface. Let's not let's not deal with that. I'm a gross human being, you guys. Absolutely disgusting. That's what happens when you turn 41. I don't even know. Like, I try not to shower very much because I'm uh, lazy and I believe in the drought uh, or whatever. But it happened yesterday that I actually smelled my own vagina, and I said to my boyfriend, "Oh, hey, um, I need to take a shower." I can smell my own vagina. And he's like, yeah, that happened to me yesterday. I could smell your vagina and I had to take my own shower. Well, no, it's because he had been in the, he doesn't shower very much either. So it's, we both have a lot of problems, but I don't know what dick smells like, but I do know what vagina smells like. And uh, it isn't, it doesn't smell anything like fish. (laughs) You guys, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. I was thinking about um, taking some scrapings from my vagina and then trying to make a sourdough starter. Like, I want to bake my own bread from my own vaginal yeast. Does anybody else, is anybody else in love with Martha Stewart that wants to, 
You're eating. I'm sorry, Jason. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't want any yeah, artisanal toast. I'll charge more for Journey Roberts artisanal toast when it comes from my vagina. Uh, <laughs> It's just, the, it's just yeast, you guys, don't worry. Uh, my friend actually lives in Portland, Oregon, and she gave me a wonderful gift. She gave me the gift of beer, but this beer from Oregon was called Beard Beer. And he actually brewed the beer from yeast that he created from his own beard. What? Yeah, it's real. It's a real thing, and I drank it. And it was an IPA, so I got drunk, so I didn't have a problem with it. Didn't, didn't taste like beard. Uh, there wasn't any hair in it. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. Uh, I'll, I'll get the rest of the people. I think you guys are warm enough. Whatever. It's fucking hot in here. I think I'm going to open up the back window because it's like going to be, it's getting hot in here. I've already taken off all my clothes. I don't usually dress like this, but I haven't done laundry in six weeks. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, wa- I just washed my underwear in the sink. Also, uh, some sheets in the bathtub. I am living an old-timey existence like Laura Ingalls Wilder. I think that if they had access to as much fresh water as we do, they'd be washing their sheets in them. Anyway, uh, the, the water was so brown. <laughs> I was so scared. I'm like, this is, this is the detritus that comes off of my boyfriend and my body. I, I was thinking about because he's a, he's, a, he's a weed farmer. He's an urban farmer. And I thought that maybe if we could uh, put it in ice water, we could make some bubble hash out of our own sheets because we're constantly covered in keef. It's just, can't get away. Anybody else live in the city? Just constant, ubiquitous weed everywhere. Am I the only one? Smoke it, smoke it all day long. You made it. You made it. We made it. We've done it. My parents back in the day, they told me, um, uh, you're going to get arrested for working at a weed farm. And I was like, you, you guys don't know anything. And they're still voting for Trump. So I just think they have a problem with the weed, you guys. It's just there's sticks in the mud. My 72-year-old parents that live in Tucson, like I thought it was any different, they both have their own golf carts. They have two cars, and they each have their own golf cart. Because you couldn't expect them to go together out on the golf course, now could you? Everyone needs their own golf cart. I, I, I grew up very entitled. I, I actually drove a golf cart once at my grandma's house, and they had to make a rule that children under 15 were no longer allowed to drive golf carts. Because <laughs> I, I ran into a bunch of things and, and knocked a bunch of pylons over. That was before I drank alcohol. I don't, I'm not allowed to drive. I was never good at it. All right. Uh, that's, that's enough of me. No, no, I really suck at driving. I haven't driven a car in eight years. Clap it up for that. Lowering my carbon footprint, motherfuckers. Yeah, leaving gas for you in the future. If only they could make a car that was run off my farts. I eat a lot of goat chops, and I'm telling you, in the morning, it's just explosive. I could power a car with that. All right, we are here. Uh, we sing a song for Pamtastics. If you know how it goes, sing it with you, us, and if you don't, then that's cool, too. Uh, here we go. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high. <laughs> Good weed, you guys. Granddaddy cookies all day long, right? M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! Yay! We have a stellar lineup for you guys tonight, and I know you're all excited to see your very first comedian of the night. Uh, He is a newer comedian, but his jokes are so funny, so you guys are going to laugh hysterically at the wonderful jokes of Adam Strawbridge! Yo, what's up guys? How are we doing on our New Year's resolutions? Uh, I'm doing pretty well on mine. Mine is to try dating myself for once. Figure I've been having sex with myself since I was 13. I owed myself the courtesy. 
I got good Valentine's Day plans too. I'm gonna go to Dolores Park, I'm gonna drink some rosé, eat some chocolates, and then rub one out under the train tracks. Which I think for a lot of guys who hang out in Dolores is just a regular Sunday, but it's gonna be a treat for me. A little bit more about me. I like when I have a really messy poop and my butt itches. So then when I wipe, it's like mixing business with pleasure. You guys know what I'm saying? Oh, Jesus. Um, my last name is Strawbridge, as in a bridge made of straw. I get made fun of a lot for it. I did some research and found out my ancestors were like a proud Scottish clan whose greatest foe was the big bad wolf. Huffed and puffed and raped and pillaged the entire town. Times were tough. No, apparently Strawbridge comes from some like ancient Gaelic word that means ambiguously homosexual. <laughs> and it rings true. You guys like your parents? My parents are pretty chill. They were supportive when I was a kid and shit, which is like nice at the time, but now it's kind of frustrating because it's like, give me some material, you know? It's real. My dad, they have some flaws. Let's see what I can come up with. My dad is like a really dangerous combination of being like very Republican and having a really corny sense of humor. So we're walking down Market Street and we pass this woman with a cardboard sign that said, I'm hungry. My dad knelt beside her and said, hi, hungry, I'm Steven. <laughs> Thought that was pretty cruel. It was my dad. Dad's man. My mom is like very racist, but in this like vintage 90s suburban kind of racism where it's really just like straight up ignorance. So like my mom thinks any group of three or more black guys play music together is reggae. Even if it's like a string quartet. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, what beautiful reggae. Like, no mom, that's Beethoven. Some people think Beethoven was black, but that's just because white people made a lot more money than him doing covers of songs he wrote. So, again, real politics, elections heating up, right? That's my transition, I'm just gonna shout the word. <laughs> Politics. So election's heating up, it's getting spicy, guys. I don't know if you're paying attention. I feel like, I'm not a political scientist, but I think in every election there's like a far left candidate and a far right candidate. I think if I had to be a politician, I'd be the far out candidate. <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying? Boogie boards for every bro and chicks drink free. It's righteous. So it's my understanding that the president lives in the White House and the vice president lives in the Naval Observatory. I like to imagine all the Supreme Court judges live in like a big frat house. And it's like party all the time. They like make new judges do fucked up shit, like bump a line of coke off the original constitution. Clarence Thomas probably wouldn't want to and they'd be like, this court finds in a historic nine to zero decision, Pledge Thomas is a pussy. <laughs> I don't like saying that word. I just say it for jokes. Um, what else? What else is politics? I love when millennials and techies tell me that like robot and artificial intelligences are gonna be like the civil rights issue of our lives. Like the rest are done. We did it. <laughs> Dr. King's dream is a reality. I don't know what's all that shit about Ferguson. Um, uh, I, I, I can't really talk about that. Cause I'm very, very white. Um, but so speaking of that, like as a white guy who likes to feel progressive, but I'm very, very lazy. Um, I think I'm going to be more invested in like robot civil rights than I've been for any actual person. It's like see me on Fox News being like, stop talking about Ferguson, there are Roombas rusting in the street. <laughs> Real pundit. Um, technology. Let's talk about <laughs> technology. Uh, that one wasn't as smooth, I guess. Uh, Ask Jeeves, you guys remember Ask Jeeves? That little butler you could ask shit to? That man was the, the dude. And then I don't know, I think he retired or died. But I miss him. The thing is, like, I don't totally miss him. Google is like a very non-judgmental friend that you can tell your worst secrets to. You know, like you can ask Google anything. But looking for porn on Ask Jeeves was like borrowing your stepdad's Playboy. It just felt wrong. It felt icky. All right. 
I was gonna get this is getting very personal, so I want you guys to bear with me here. I recently started giving blowjobs. It's very exciting. It's hard though. I have a very small mouth, and the dicks I'm sucking are pretty big. So I found the only way I can get the right like mouth shape is if I make a face like I'm really surprised. You know, like you know. So my routine now is before I go down on a dude, I dim the lights, I play the Marvin Gaye, and I watch an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> it's the only way. It has to be the whole movie. I need all the character development, the whole narrative arc. <laughs> and then when I get to the end, I'm like, it was plants the whole time? <laughs> that shit was crazy, right? It did not work for Avatar The Last Airbender. That did not pay out. My jaw got more clenched, if anything. Just told him go home. You guys been dildo shopping lately? These dildos are out of control. I don't know who to talk to about this. These, it's, it's too much. They have dildos that can do everything. They have dildos that buzz, dildos that whir. You bop it, twist it. They have dildos that will roll you into the recovery position in case you pass out. It's crazy. It's weird to me because the dildos, like the design and shit and the naming all mix, it reminds me of submarines a lot, you know, like. It's crazy. So I wanted to keep the theme, so I named my dildo the USS Barack Obama. That's mostly because it's black. Half black, I guess. No, in all honesty, I named it that because after eight years, it's yet to live up to the hype. Just a disappointing dildo. Yeah, I've shit all over the president. <laughs> I'm, I'm edgy. <laughs> shit all over the, one of the most embattled presidents in US history. All right, let's move on. Uh, you guys have any big pet peeves? I was trying, I'm trying to be a better person this year, this new Chinese New Year. I'm trying to like really elevate myself. And so I'm trying to get rid of my pet peeves. The one I really can't get rid of though is like, I have neighbors and they're very loud and I hear them have sex, which is fine. But one of my neighbors, he like talks when he orgasms, you know? He doesn't exclaim, he just like speaks in full sentences with clauses and punctuation. It's very unsettling. Like he sounds like Thomas Jefferson writing his will, you know? it's. <laughs> Major pet peeve. I was thinking about it. I sound more like a telegram, like a well, like a reporter from the 20s sending telegrams, like on the hot scoop, you know, like this just in, stop, about to come, stop, stop. I'll call you, stop. And then I don't call. I almost never call. I consider speaking of coming. I consider every day I don't masturbate at work to be a moral victory. I don't know where in the totem pole of human shame that puts me, hopefully not too low. Um, I even had a little sign made special for the bathroom next to my desk. It says, this stall has gone nine days without an ejaculation. <laughs> it's tough though, because my biggest turn on is being berated by authority figures and I'm terrible at my job. So, <laughs> usually in and out of that bathroom all day. Oh man, this is a long time to tell jokes. You guys seem really trustworthy, so I'm gonna tell you a really, really, really big secret. I've never told anyone this before, okay? Between the ages of 13 and 15, I fucked every piece of furniture in my house. <laughs> Nothing was safe. Started with the sofa in my basement. It was warm and comfortable, knew how to treat me right. But you know what they say, there's no pussy like new pussy, right fellas? So, started hitting with the ottoman in my living room on the side. It was dangerous and exotic. Um, once you fuck one piece of furniture and then fuck two pieces of furniture, it's not long before your aunt walks in and you're just angrily spanking the love seat in the guest room. To this day, I can't walk past a bed, bath, and beyond without getting a stiffy. Oh, shit. Um, 
You guys like smoking marijuana? What if that was no joke? <laughs> I just want to test the room. <laughs> no, I got a weed joke. I th I smoke a lot of weed. Sometimes I think I smoke too much marijuana. Because I'm routinely of the apartment now is like phone, wallet, keys, lighters, blown wrappers, Skittles, Doritos, Listerine, Visine. <laughs> the Listerine is in case I run into the police, but I'm actually always carrying the best copper pellet of all. It's called being white. It was free. Yep. <laughs> Where are my white guys at? <laughs> Oh man. Um, pandas are really cute, right? Pandas. Thanks. I need the affirmation on that. <laughs> but they're going extinct. They're not having sex with each other. They're not mating in captivity. Scientists don't know why. It's very troubling. I did some research. I did some investigating. Apparently, at San Diego Zoo, researchers taught the male panda sign language so they could ask, what's going on? Why don't you want to mate? And the male panda said, he signed back. Her pussy stinks. <laughs> so they're going to work on that. All right, I'm going to end it there. Thanks, guys. I'm Adam Strawbridge. Like a professional ending on Stinky Pussy. Yeah! Adam Strawbridge, keep it going. All right. Uh, sweet, we have a great audience tonight and again, a great lineup. Your next comedian is no exception. She's a funny, funny lady. Uh, she just featured last Tuesday at Hysteria. How'd it go? It's really good. Uh, of course it was. You guys are going to love her. You're going to laugh wildly at her jokes. Clap, clap, clap for Tess Berry. Oh, hi, how you doing? How's everybody? Uh, I'm gonna start out this this night with uh, an impression of one of my favorite comedians, uh, Ron Dickles. He's a uh, Don Rickles, sorry. <clears throat> He's an insult comic, but I like to think of him in an iteration of Ron Dickles, the insult comic with the heart of gold. Mm. <sighs> Who uh, got you that shirt, sir? Your blind Polish grandma? Because it's really sweet of her that she would <laughs> care enough for you and buy you that shirt. Mm. I'm not very good at impressions. I'm going to do one more. Uh, this is an impression of my cat doing an impression of Aziz Ansari. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 though. <laughs> my cat's way better at impressions than I am. <laughs> She's pretty funny. Uh, so I've been a little bit sick lately. There's like a cold going around. Anybody catch this cold that's going out? Yeah, back there. I feel ya. Uh, so I've been staying home a lot lately and watching movies. I was watching this really good film the other day called Revenge of the Nerds. Have you guys seen this movie? Yeah, it's a really good movie. Uh, it's part of the canon of movies um, that have just blatant sexual assault right in the center of it. <laughs> Yeah, it does. <laughs> and uh, it sucks, because I want to like this movie, but there's this huge problematic scene in it. So I'm going to do some revisionist history, re-edit this film myself. When it gets to the scene where the guy's going up the ladder, and he peeks in the window, and you think you're going to look in the window and see boobs, I'm going to recut it so you see balls. <laughs> like a close-up, like medically close <laughs> balls. And then it's going to cut back to the guy in the window, and he's going to be like, oh, yeah, they're so big. Oh, you know you want it. And it's going to go back in the window, and it's going to be a shot of a signed consent form. 
So we cover all the bases and, it, and the movie's okay now. It's okay to watch. It's weird, like sexism was really intense and, and there was no repercussions, but you know, things have swung like pretty far the, the other way now to the point where if I'm walking home alone at night uh, on the sidewalk, I, I see like a guy coming at me, he'll cross the street in order to avoid me. So, like, just to seem like a little less rapey. I'm okay with it. It's pretty good. Uh, sexism is everywhere. I have a sexist boss. Do you guys, you know, do you guys deal with this? My boss is sexist. He says stuff like, uh, hey Tess, keep it up. We all know that's about boners. I don't appreciate it. Uh, I've been thinking about the patriarchy a lot though. Uh, sometimes, you know, you know how you think when you don't like your job. And I was thinking about the patriarchy and I think it can be out of love sometimes. Uh, I have a dad who's really overprotective and he just wants me to be safe so he likes to, t you know, tell me what, what to do and what not to do and uh, but I'm a feminist. I'm a feminist. At least I think I am. I left a voicemail with my dad to see if it's okay. <laughs> He's going to get back to me and let me know. Uh, I have anxiety. Not right now. Just in general. It's called generalized anxiety. Uh, it's okay. I had it back when it wasn't cool, though. Like, anxiety is pretty cool these days. Like, a lot of people have anxiety. I had it back when it wasn't cool. Like, when you're in grade school and you have to get, like, a little slip and everyone pretends in class like they don't know what you get to leave class for, but everyone definitely knows you're going to see the woman with the bad haircut and big chunky beads under the stairs uh, where you get to cry into a pillow. Yeah, I had it back then. Uh, and lately it's been happening where I my anxiety comes up in my dreams. I start waking up from these nightmares because I'm so anxious, but it's not about things that are typically scary, like falling or getting chased or anything like that. It's things only I find scary. So I woke up from a nightmare the other night because in my dream, someone told me I look like Julia Stiles. <laughs> and her eyes are just so far apart. <laughs> but... I don't know, I got a haircut now, so maybe I might start getting the Rachel Maddow. I've been thinking about it, like, Mr. Sanders. I don't know. <laughs> we'll work on it. I used to get, I used to have bangs, and I used to get that I look like Mandy Moore in a Walk to Remember, but now that I got my haircut, I look more like the dude from Walk to Remember, so. <laughs> we'll see if that brings anything up for people. But that's the thing, people tell me I look like Julia Stiles, but they would never clarify that they meant young Julia Stiles. So either they think that her career didn't continue after, you know, 10 things I hate about you or uh, Save the Last Dance and they or they just think I look like I'm 40. But I love the movie Save the Last Dance. I love that movie. You guys like that movie? I love that movie. It's one where Julia Stiles ballet dances her way into an interracial relationship on the south side of Chicago. <laughs> it's great. That movie had a deep impact on me. Coincidentally, the movie Deep Impact had no impact on me. <laughs> I think it's about water or something. I don't know. It's all right, though. Uh, yeah, I look like Julia Stiles, and it's taking me right to the top of the dating world. I'm out there, and, uh, it's, uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's not great. It's all right. I'm out there, I'm dating, and I'm going, I've been on, like, OkCupid, okay I've been going on dates, and I've realized that these dates feel like school. Like, you're just there, and you're just, like, getting evaluated by this other person, but at the same time, you're evaluating them. It's, like, rate my professor or something. And you're just sitting there and you have to grade each other and all, you go through all these tests and uh, it's a lot like school. Although hooking up is a little bit more like a pass-fail class. Like I feel like it's not as difficult. 
But the thing is, in hetero relationships, on a, a date between two, a heterosexual couple, men and women date differently. Uh, this is what I've gathered in evidence in my time out in the dating world. Like, when I go into a date, this guy, he's coming in, and he's starting out at zero points. He has a blank slate. He needs to prove to me that he should pass. He needs to earn points. So here, for example, par exemple, he comes into the date, he shows up kind of on time, and looks like his profile pictures and such. He earns 20 points. Out to a good start. He asks me if I used to be fat. Minus 20 points. What kind of question is that? He uh, is also interested in the intricacies of Jacksonian democracy, his life, his love Rachel, and his questionable policies. All right, 100 points. Let's go back to my place. I'm into that. But I feel like when I go on in a date that uh, to a guy, I feel like it's a little different. Uh, this is not based on any sort of empirical evidence. This is uh, completely based on my assumptions, but we're going to go with it. This is my impression of people I go on a date with. <laughs> it's probably saying more about me. Uh, I feel like I come into the date and I'm starting out at 100%. 100% and I really just have to mess this up in order for this for, to not pass. So I show up on time and I feel like he's thinking, all right, she shows up. She looks like her profile pictures, seems to have a vagina, 100%. We're looking good. She talked a lot about how she used to be fat and then got offended when I asked a question, and that's kind of weird and not cool. 70%. Let's see how this goes. Oh, she wants to go back to her place? 100%. We're good. All right. 100%. Pass. Stamp. Let's go. But uh, dating is hard. Dating is tough. Getting a grades is tough, and that's why I cheat. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> we'll just go. We'll go with that. But I go on these dates with these some of these guys uh, who definitely read those The Game books. Have you guys heard of The Game? Yeah, it's rough. Uh, it's a book to give those poor, poor uh, single men souls tips on how to pick up women. And I go on a date, I've been, <laughs> I went on a date with this guy, and he definitely read the book but took some stuff a little too seriously. Like he read in the book, like, maintain eye contact. So he just stared at me and then never blinked, like once. <laughs> and then he read, like, ask her questions. And his idea of asking questions was, where are you from? What do you do? What's your mom do? Is she cool? Are you cool? Do you have your period? Want to fuck? <laughs> it's like, it's a great conversation. I'm really enjoying myself. But that's the thing with these books. Like, I understand if a guy gets nervous around women and wants tips on how to pick up women. Like, people get nervous in social situations. I don't think that's a problem. I think... Some of the problem is how we socialize people about women. Like, we say really weird stuff about women. Like, women are mysterious creatures. Women are beautiful. Their vaginas are like flowers. What? <laughs> I also would not want to talk with a creature who speaks in riddles and has a tulip between its legs. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> but the other thing is too, like if the, if the guy who has all these tips and is so suave in picking women up, if he had to explain to a woman what it would be like to go home with him, no woman would agree to it. Because those guys, like, the books don't give tips about how to, what to do with a woman when you get her home. There's no, there's no woman who's like, oh my god, you've been so sweet, I would love to go back to your apartment so that you can try and smush a half-limp dick in me for half an hour, and then demand that I go down on you while crying, never once offer to go down on me, and blame me the whole time? Yes, I'd love to do that rather than anything else, like go home and do the dishes so something gets finished. <laughs> I know, I feel bad for him too, except I don't. 
I'm gonna leave it on that. All right. <laughs> Have a good night, you guys. Thank you, Pam. Keep it going for Tess Barry, the riddle-speaking tulip. <laughs> That's a very, very amazing and very funny thing to say. Yay, Tess Barry, yay. All right. Your next comedian, he is super, super psyched to make you guys laugh. This is his second showcase. I'm excited. I think he is ready to do this 10 minutes for you to make you laugh. Are you ready, audience? If you are ready, clap your hands together for Jason Balmford. Oh man, showcase of mutiny, I'm psyched. Oh man, hold on, give me my, uh, give me my minute of pandering. Give it up for Pam Benjamin. The host with the most who makes this all fucking possible. She does this shit way more than I would. Which is great, because she has a much better personality. Uh, so I'm a vegan, guys! Yes! That's right! Well, actually, I came to the decision on the, the correct way. I was hungover as fuck, woke up one morning, looked in the mirror, and I said, I am white, but I am not nearly douchey enough. What can I do? Well, I don't own enough flannel or swag hats, so that's out. And, uh, well, I can't grow a man bun or a beard, so that's out too. I'll be a vegan. That's how I can own, earn my own self-entitled satisfaction. Oh, hit too close to home? I appreciate that. Uh, my grandfather once told me in my life, uh, don't dress for the job you want, dress for the job you have. I, uh, I felt very bad about that. But I've decided to imply the actual, uh, yeah, actual adage, which is dress for the job you have, want, not the job you have. And I have applied that to the best player in my work, working out. And I will tell you right now, I don't dress for the body I have, which is lumpy, fat, and kind of pasty. I'm not white, I'm neon white. It's great. And uh, I dress for the job I want, uh, the body I want which is uh, the bronzed Adonis God that I will be in six months from now. And I will tell you, I look weird as shit jogging down Market Street in the shortest of shorts made for basketball in the 70s or porn in the 80s. <laughs> Wearing the tightest tank top I can find, smoking a goddamn cigarette. And I smoke American spirits, so those bitches go out all the fucking time. So here I am at a fucking crosslight. Oh, God. And it's wonder why it's not working. I, uh, I have a job. Yeah. Oh man, thank you. I appreciate that. No, no applause. Are we all unemployed? That's great. I have a job because obviously all this shit, all this shit ain't paying the bills. I recently got a award at my job. I am the best new hire they've ever had. I don't know what's more insulting, the fact that they gave me a plaque instead of a pay raise, expecting me to work harder, or the fact that it's fucking working. I came in on Monday. I looked like I'd done three lines of Coke and I was ready to go. Can I take your order? Would you like fries with that? I don't work at a place that serves fries, unless by request. Uh, let's get political for a minute. I'm voting for Trump. Yeah, it's happening. I think because I want everyone to get as jaded as I am with the political system, but I mean, who else are we gonna vote for? We're gonna vote for Hillary, nobody really knows what I'm running for, Clinton. We're gonna vote for Bernie, I won't live past the State of the Union Sanders. Oh, oh man, Ted, I'm actually a Canadian Cruz? Uh, how about Mark, nobody fucking remembers I was running Rubio. 
That's true. I mean, like, uh, but I will tell you right now, Satis presidential campaign 2016 goes to Jeb Bush. <laughs> She's seen the video. That's the best part. No, I mean, it's fucking pathetic, right? Please clap. Yeah. I mean, like, I think the only thing sadder than watching Jeb Bush's presidential campaign would be watching a turtle drown in a bowl of guacamole. <laughs> Shit is just not right. I mean, I don't know about you, but he had tiny turtles in his pocket. That made CNN. That's the best part. Um, I mean, like, to be fair, though, getting an award at work felt really good. I got to feel really good about myself for all of 20 minutes. Um, I'm happy the Super Bowl's over. Thank you. Uh, well, you see, you know why you guys aren't clapping? Because you're not in a tips-based industry. When you work in a tips-based industry, they're going to ask you what team you're voting for. And when they ask you what team you're voting for, they're going to expect an answer. And depending on your answer determines whether or not you get 15%, 10%, 5%, or 3%. Or nothing. Yeah, I actually got someone who tipped me 3% once. It was fucking fantastic. Speaking of tips, I have an old guy that comes in at least once a week. He has, um, he's not very polite. He's actually pretty rude. He orders the same thing every fucking week. But he always puts a 20 in the tip jar, which means not only am I a hoe, that dude has quantified mathematically exactly how much of an asshole he is allowed to be for X amount of money. This is an art. It is fucking beautiful. And an exciting week. I mean, like, come on, guys. It's Friday. Come on. No, no claps for that. That hurts me. It's Friday. I had an exciting week. Finally convinced my mom I'm not gay. It was an uphill battle the entire way. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a parent well, maybe a white parent. I don't know. My, my mom was very uh, passive-aggressive about things. Uh, she wanted to come and broach the topic of her thinking I was gay in the most passive-aggressive way I could think of, so she left me a bunch of books that were about gay men coming out of the closet and having a wonderful time with their lives until I got to the point where I had to sit my mother down at her kitchen table and say, hey, mom, I don't think you realize this. I'm not gay. To which she responded, you don't bring any girls home. To which I responded, yes you tell them I'm gay. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's a real game killer. Yes, I've read the game. No, I haven't. Or else I'd do better. Found out why Tinder isn't working out for me. First tag under my name, white trash. I was about to write them an angry as shit email saying how bad that was for me until I saw my uncle get tased on an episode of Cops. Then I figured that Tinder has me pegged better than I do. <laughs> There's nowhere to go with that. This is a true story. It was two in the morning. Oh my God. I have uh, another person to add to the list of people who think I'm gay, my dentist. I got a tooth pulled about a week ago. I lost a wisdom tooth, so that means I'm a little dumber now. Um, got a tooth pulled and my dentist said like, hey, there's probably three things you shouldn't be doing right now. Shouldn't be smoking. F yeah, fuck that. Shouldn't be uh, drinking. Yeah, okay, I can, I can handle that. And you probably shouldn't perform any oral sex. Wait, what was that last one? Um, 
you shouldn't perform any oral sex. And then he quantified on men. Yes. <coughs> Was it the DSLs that gave it away? It's the best part of my feature. It's not my eyes, I can tell you right now. Uh, I can tell you I'm not from San Francisco, so that lets me tell this next joke unabashedly. I'm not from San Francisco. I was walking down Mission Street the other day, and I saw the slowest fucking police chase I have ever seen in my goddamn life. There was a man running down Mission. There was a cop chasing him. I'm going to need some backup. I'm heading south down on mission. You can infer two things from this story. One, that man was white. And two, San Francisco don't give a fuck. Ain't nobody care. Everybody was acting like, oh man, another one? Shit. And I've learned that San Francisco so doesn't give a fuck that you can see a man jogging down Market Street with his dick flopping out of his short shorts and everyone will just go, hmm, must be Tuesday. You all thought I was joking about the short shorts, huh? True story. It was Tuesday. You ever see a bunch of children standing outside of a school and not realize it's a school and think, what the fuck are these little hooligans doing out here? It's happened to me one too many times. Uh, had a friend get out of jail recently. That's the kind of crew I run with. We go hard. Got out of jail. He said, no, I did not like it. It was not very fun. I'm going to leave them a bad Yelp review. To which I responded, jails don't have Yelp pages. No, uh, actually, in fact, jails totally have Yelp pages. In fact, Denver Correctional, four stars, good friends, would recommend to a friend. I think, and that got me looking. I was on Yelp. I was looking, nowhere gets a five-star review. Nowhere on earth gets a five-star review. I think the only place on earth that would get a five-star review would be a meth house. And the review would go something like this. Five stars, meth was here. <laughs> right below it, four stars, meth was here but got stabbed with a pencil. And I'll leave you guys on that. Give it up for your host, Pam Benjamin. Thank you very much. Keep clapping for Jason Boulevard. Yes. You guys are listening to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse on Mutiny Radio. What some of you audience might not know is this is actually broadcast live on the radio and it's podcast post. There's like 30,000 people that listen every month, so it's really exciting and I'm glad you guys are here. Clap for Everybody clap for themselves, the audience. Love this big audience here tonight. Super excited about you being here. Very nice. Our next comedian, uh, she has a new show that's going to be coming up on Mutiny Radio. I'm very excited about it. She's like one of the only girls I know that is into sports and actually knows what she's talking about, which is weird. I just pretend. I just, I just learn things. Um, like I, I finally learned this week that Cam Newton was black. I didn't, I didn't know. Everyone had been talking about it. They were like, you know, there's a Black Panther on the field, and I was like, no, there's, it's a racist, right? No, there really was a Black Panther on the field. Uh, everyone knew it, but he didn't. I don't think he believed. Only Beyonce believes in the Black Panthers. That's with her outfit. She, that bitch can dance. I don't know if your next comedian can dance, but I, you know, you, you look like you could drop it like it's hot. Hey, you guys, you're gonna love her. Clap wildly. It's Shelly Strabel. Benjamin, thank you so much, Mutiny Radio. What a fantastic crowd, you guys. Thank you for being here. Welcome, welcome. Come on in, they're clapping for you, actually. <laughs> My name is Shelly Strabel, 
I am your Black History Month correspondent. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. Probably I don't look like what you would expect me to look like, but I assure you, I have a little black in me. Well, I, I don't know. I did the other night. It was fine. It wasn't little. <laughs> It was great. That, that, I know, that's a tough opener. Like, it was either that or starting with the dark cock warm-up. Like, I have this, this warm-up that I do. It's a tongue twister, dark cock. You have to say it five times fast. I know, and it's just, I just do it because it's, this is the one thing that I can't quite get my mouth around. <sighs> I always choke on those dick jokes. So, speaking of jokes, I sometimes think about, like, I sometimes wonder if the biggest joke there is that... That is that, that, that I look like this, but what's really happening inside is something wildly different. Like inside, what I have in my heart is an educated, angry black man. And like this is the thing, like it, it filters the things that, that, you know, how you view stuff, you know? And I mean, I, it explains a lot. Like if I have, if, if my spirit guide is a black man, it explains a lot about my childhood. You know, the blacktop basketball before school. The pick in the bag. I always had a pick because I needed a perm. I always did that. You know, the song lyrics on the, you know, in, in the notebooks and stuff. It was all fucking run DMC. Like, I, you got to memorize that shit. You know? Anyway, it makes a lot of sense. I remember watching Steve Martin's The Jerk. Do you guys remember that, that film? Yeah, and the opening line was, uh, I was born a poor black child, and I was like, no way. I was like, it can happen. That explains everything. Anyhow, so, but I really do. I have this weird filter on things. So like, so like the, the black man that's inside me that like, that filters things, you know? Like I'll, I'll look at politicians and I'll be like, politicians, fuck politicians. Politicians are like, we need to take shit back. I'm like, yo, you guys stole the shit in the first place, you know? Like I'll look at music, you know? I'll be like, yeah, Macklemore has a new single. He has a new single, he dropped White Privilege 2. I was like, what the fuck was White Privilege 1? <laughs> the fucking Constitution? Like, what was that shit? U.S. history? Fuck U.S. history, man. We fucking fought a war, like, against one another. Like, brother against brother, so that we could keep our slaves, and when we talk about it, we call it the Civil War? Man, fuck U.S. history. You know, you think about sports newscasters. Here's Cam Newton. You think about sports. Fuck sports newscasters, man. Fuck that ESPN bitch with the last name like Cox or Longfellow or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> Fucking talking about Cam Newton. She sees a picture of this guy who's beautiful. She sees a picture of this guy wearing his fucking, his team hoodie and little ski hat with like one of those little, little bobbles on top. And she says he looks like a thug. Like a th I was like, motherfucker, he looks like a ski instructor. <laughs> That is what he looks like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Social movements, man, fuck social movements. You wanna get something done, you gotta riot. Fuck it, you just riot, just fuck it, man. Fuck up your neighborhood, and while you're at it, let me know where you're gonna be, because I got a 10-year-old insured car that I gotta get rid of. <laughs> so you could holler back. Now the one thing that, that my inner black male really does like to do is travel. That is something that, like, that we agree on, you know, that is way less offensive than half the shit I've just said. And um, so recently I went to Colorado, you know, and I was looking around and I was like, damn, this place is beautiful. And my inner black man was like, yeah, but where are all the black people? And I looked around and I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, are they, is everybody like at football practice? Or, 
are they just all in jail? Like, what has Colorado done? You're right. And my inner black man was like, it's not safe for us here. I was like, I understand. I understand. So I was thinking like, I was thinking about the Colorado state motto, like just to let people know what the fuck is really going on there. We could just like the Colorado state motto could just be like something like this. White people. No, it's just that. <laughs> it's, it's just, well, if that doesn't work, the other one that, may, that maybe would work is this. It's uh, Colorado, where the only thing in the state that's colored is the name. <laughs> but now sometimes, like sometimes I get to go places that, um, that I think my inner black man will really like, you know, like Louisiana. But you never know. Like I got down there and I told the cab driver that, you know, the name of where I was staying. And the cab driver was like, cool, I know where that is. That's in District 5. And my inner black man was like, motherfucker, District 5? He was like, that's what they call it in Hunger Games. Like, what the fuck is that? I was like, it's cool. We're cool here. It's okay. It's okay. All right. So as your, what else do we have? As your fucking... Black History Month ambassador, I assure you that I am just as upset as you guys are about the fact that February is the shortest month of the year. But it could be worse. You know, like it could have just been three fifths of a month. So, like, we gotta. We'll be cool, right? Be cool, honey bunny, be cool. <laughs> You know, and so, you know, and I and I it is important to me like as a as a white woman like to understand the correct way You know to celebrate black history month. So I asked a black friend of mine I was like, well, what should I do? Like what's the right way for me to do this? And he's like, oh, that's easy <laughs> He's like you just show up late to every appointment you have <laughs> You know like 10 minutes to an hour and I was like what? Like what just like take a cotton picking minute? Like I don't <laughs> Use racist units of measurement to gauge the passage of time? <laughs> Wait, okay, all right. No, that's not, what he, that's not really what he said. What he said, what he said was, you know what you should do, Shay? What you should do is you should read some black literature. And I thought that's a good fucking idea. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what it is, I don't know what it is to be the invisible man. You know what I mean? And I don't know why things fall apart. <laughs> But I, I, I kind of thought it was like a crazy suggestion because I was like, yo, I totally don't associate black history with literacy. <laughs> you guys, I think we all know why the caged bird sings, <laughs> okay? It's because it gets systematically raped. <laughs> hey, happy Black History Month, you guys. My name is Shelly Strabel. Here we go. Yeah. Are you horrified? That's it, yeah, I'm good. Stellar set from Shelly Strabel. Bring in, bring in the politics to the stage here at Mutiny Radio. No, no, it's okay. No, it's all good. It's, there's, oh, there's, yeah, everybody coming back in. Don't worry. No, it's okay. They're all white. Don't worry. It's, it's all, it's okay. If they were Blackberry people, I would have been worried. I'd be like, oh no, we've really ruined it now, everybody. No, that was great. Yay, Shelly. Yay. All right. Your next comedian, uh, he is part of Sylvan Productions. He is a hilarious individual on his own, but every Tuesday you can see him here as a part of Sylvan Open Improv from 8 to 10 p.m. It's a really great show, and they do improv games live on this stage every single week. And he's an incredibly funny man. You guys are going to love him. 
Clap wildly for Justin Gomes. Ooh, ee. Oh, yeah. Everybody, you hear that? That's me right now. I got I got that thing that's going around. I'm really sick right now, you guys. I'm totally sick. I uh, just landed a 360 flip down a five stair. Uh, feeling good though. Uh, that's right. I'm from Sylvan. I used to live in the Sylvan house. For those of you who don't know, uh, Sylvan house is a house with 15 comedians, almost entirely guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever lived with 15 guys before, but it's. It's exactly like living with 15 cats. Because yeah, it's, it's, if, if I don't change the litter box, then they're just going to step around the poop and find a fresh wall to poop on. <laughs> you know? It's great. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I quit my job today. Uh, general manager was pretty pissed. It's good, though. This is, uh, this is my 10th year, you guys. My 10th year being a waiter slash bartender. Uh, yeah, go give it up for the service industry. It's been rough. I've been trying to branch out. I tried to work in the kitchen. I made a special the other day for the restaurant. I worked really hard. I spent hours researching, preparing, cooking this dish. And then Chef was like, Justin, I can't serve this. I was like, Chef, what? I put my fucking blood, sweat, and tears into this dish. He's like, that's exactly why I can't serve it, man. It's really unsafe. I like it though. It's been it's been a fun run. I think I'm done. I think I'm gonna try to get a job where I can't smoke weed at it <laughs> while I'm working. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, you know, weed it makes you paranoid. You know, I'd uh, I'd go smoke weed in my break, and I'd come back, and my boss would be like, "Hey, Justin, now that you're back, can you just grab all the tables in section A? Make sure they're really clean." <laughs> and every time he's going, I'm just like, "Fuck, he knows." <laughs> You could smell it. And I grab some coffee, burn my mouth, but you know, it covers up the smell or whatever. I get away with it. But this goes on for months. Just him <laughs> sniffing, me being paranoid. I was so stoned. I was so paranoid. I was the only waiter not doing blow on his break with the boss, <laughs> being a real bartender. I recently came on somebody's face for the first time. <laughs> All right. It's different reactions every time, you guys. So I got heard one woo. Good for you, whoever wooed. Uh, good for you. I'm glad you're into things. You know, when I see it, when I see that in a porno, I'm like, oh, well, that is disrespectful. <laughs> Change the channel. <laughs> like I was having sex with my girlfriend. I'm very fond of my girlfriend. I love my girlfriend, and um, we had this really creative, you know, position move. Ultimately fatal. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we, we go to do it, and I just came all over my own face. Just, whoosh. I don't understand why anybody would fucking do that to somebody, because it hurts. It fucking stings. That shit got in my eye. I'm all, I'm all stoned later, right? You know, three hours later, my eye's still red. I'm paranoid, and I'm like, fuck, I gave myself gonorrhea. <laughs> I should have got tested. <laughs> I like San Francisco. San Francisco is a fun city. Uh, I did try, somebody tried to pickpocket me the other day though. It was really exciting. I was in a crowd and this dude reaches into my jacket pocket right here. He just reaches into it, which I had ingeniously put nothing in. 
uh, but I didn't want this guy to think I was a trick-ass mark or anything. So, so what I did was I, I reached into my pocket and I very gently held his hand. And then he tried to pull away and I grabbed him real tight. I pulled him in and I was like, hey, how the fuck you doing, huh? <laughs> San Franciscans are notoriously afraid of New Yorkers. It's true. That's the first time that joke's gone. That, that last, anyway. I'm breaking down the fourth wall at Mutiny, you guys. Like we broke down the coffee corner. Um, let's see. Well, let's talk about... You guys ever think that shooting somebody with a gun... You ever think it's kind of just like, uh, like giving them a bullet? It's just like really fast. <laughs> hey man, catch bang! Oh, <laughs> you catch bullets like a girl. Um, yeah, I'm, I gave away my misogynist ties there, you guys. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to imply that women cannot catch bullets. I have been to the circus. I have seen it. So please don't think I'm going down that road right now. What else? I want to tell old jokes. I used to be single. <laughs> yeah, I went through a bad breakup a few years ago. It was really rough. I wrote a bunch of hack material. It was a rough, it was a rough breakup, you guys. I, I, I took it really hard. Like, she immediately changed her Netflix password. I started dating ex-girlfriends. Don't, don't date ex-girlfriends, you guys. It's like playing old video games. You know, you're going back to your hometown, all right? And you're like, you know, my parents are out of town for the weekend. I'm out of the house in my hometown. Why don't I give GoldenEye64 a call, you know? <laughs> See how she's doing. It's just like old times, you know? You're on your parents' couch alone. You plug her in and you're like, ooh, she does not look as good as I remember. Ooh. But don't worry, I remember all the cheat codes, girl. We're gonna, we're gonna get there so fast. But I forgot to blow in the slot. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I get for bringing back old jokes. <laughs> 64 is the new 69. <laughs> oh, God, I can't even. <laughs> Welcome to prepubescent comedy with Justin Gomes. Yeah, smoking weed's fun, uh, since I'm doing old jokes. I like to smoke weed. Um, you guys ever have to cover up the smell of smoking weed? Yep, yep what'd you do? Uh, actually, in baking soda and, like, perfume. Yeah, okay, that, that's good. You know, you can cook some food, you know, stir fry, make some, you know, cookies or brownies or something. Turn on the fan, spray some Febreze, open the windows. Well, you know. <laughs> That's true, but I mean, also, when you're in a car, you have limited options. Right? You can't, you're getting pulled over, you can't Febreze a cop in the face. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> so I, uh, what I did was I installed an easy-bake oven in the backseat of my car, you guys, because the smell of baking covers up everything. Cop pulled me over the other day, I was smoking. Oh no. <laughs> whoop, whoop, oh shit. Pull over, put my joint out cop comes up to the window and he's like roll that shit down motherfucker son 
Do you have any idea how fast you were? <laughs> what the hell is that sting? And then I turn around because I had ingeniously previously set the oven to light bulb. <laughs> I go, officer, would you like a brownie? <laughs> and not only did I not get a ticket that day, ladies and gentlemen, but when that cop went home, his wife was like, who the fuck is making you bake goods? <laughs> I ruined a relationship. <laughs> Score one for the bad guys. <laughs> it's fun though, it's, a, it's kind of a dumb drug. It doesn't really, as far as like discovering drug goes, you know, early human walking out of the forest or the caves or whatever, just eating or smoking plants. Do they get me high? Do they kill me? I don't know. We'll find weed eventually. <laughs> but, you know, meth gets a lot of bad rap, you guys, but the first guy to make meth definitely went to college. <laughs> you, need a, you need a lab to make that shit. <laughs> See, I'm quitting my job. Uh, I work at a, a restaurant where most of my customers spend more money on their kids' preschool than I spent in three years of college, including drug expenditures. <laughs> And uh, it's a little frustrating to work for rich people. I was, uh, I was bartending a wedding, and there's this, this couple arguing at the bar, this really privileged fucking, so privileged, I guarantee you that if I, they're the kind of people that say, don't talk to my dog like that. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, and, and, and they're arguing, this couple's arguing, and then the lady in this couple, turns to me and she says, hey, can I pay for this drink with a blow job? And it's, just, yeah, ooh, it's like, come on, man. First off, no, don't fucking drag me into this, all right? I'm not the United Nations. I'm not going to resolve this conflict, all right? And I was like, listen, lady, if I let you pay for this drink with a blow job, then that lady over here listening to this conversation is probably going to try to pay for her drink with a blow job. Rumor is going to get around this wedding. Might ruin it. Into the night, I'm going to have to give my boss the bank. And I'm going to give him $1,500 and 10 blowjobs. <laughs> you can always tell who's given their boss a blowjob with that joke, you guys. <laughs> I'll leave you with one more story. Um, I was skating down Valencia the other day, and I skated by this old man. He was wearing all white. This old plantation-looking motherfucker, right? He's got fucking white jacket, white vest, tie, pants, shoes. He's got every kind of pocket accessory you can imagine. He's got a pocket kerchief, pocket watch, pocket Bible, pocket monsters, all the Pokemon. <laughs> and I skate by him and he goes, goddamn hipster? And I was just like, whoa, I mean, whatever, I get it, but I mean, come on, man. And he's like, no, you listen here, youngster, you listen here. I don't understand why everybody is saying this neighborhood is getting gentrified. Far as I see it, <laughs> I'm the only gentleman walking these here streets. And I was like, dude, I, I got to go to work, man. I see he's like, no. And he grabbed my shoulder. He's like, you listen here. Went to my favorite watering hole the other day. I tried to order a mint julep. Bartender gave me a Tecate with a lime in it. <laughs> Jowls shaking. I tried to skate away. He pulls me in and he's like, you listen here, youngster. Went to a barber the other day to get my mustache waxed. 
I saw some young fellas getting their mustaches waxed, and I thought, well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe there's some gentlemen in the mission after all. Ended up, young man, not a single one of them owned a piece of land. <laughs> I was like, all right, dude, later. He's like, I skated away, and he started yelling at me as I was leaving. And he's like, yeah, you skate away, boy. You skate away. But the south of market area will rise again. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a good night. Best old-timey voice in the biz. Keep it going for Justin Gums. Yay. All right, you guys are in for a treat with your next comedian. Uh, he looks like my favorite supervillain from Disney movies. Uh, when he comes up, you'll be able to tell which one. Uh, but I could sing the song for you. It's a whole new world. A daring place you never knew. You don't know where his jokes are going to take you guys. You're going to love them. Clap wildly for Spencer Latham. Hey, keep it going. Hello, keep it keep it going for Pam's casual racism. <laughs> it's uh, it's so much cuter when a woman does it, you know. It's 2016. Um, yes, yes, I look like if if Jafar was real, and he was like, I'm gonna shop at Levi's. That's <laughs> <laughs> looking for. I like this art. I do think Martin Luther King ever did that, ever. <laughs> I would just like, I love that idea. It's you, man. I'll see you, baby. That's a, <laughs> he has like a Knicks hat on. Um, <laughs> oh, what's up, baby? Um, dude, I, I, so I, I left for the Super Bowl. I left. I got the fuck out of town. Um, uh, cause I heard there was going to be a million and a half more people in San Francisco and it never in my, I grew up here, never in my life did I think, you know what the city needs? A million and a half more drunk bros. <laughs> That's, hmm. No. So I left. Um, and then I cur I went to, uh, New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Um, cause, uh, whatever. Cause it's vacation. So then I get to be the drunk bro. Um, and like, first of all, like I, I, I get, who gets nervous on planes? I'm, I'm curious. Does anyone get nervous on planes? Okay. Here's what's weird about that is that no one else said I get nervous. Who? No one else gets nervous or no one else says I get nervous, but how are you not like, and I know everyone's lying because the second, yeah, everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. the second, like that the plane starts to turn, everyone's just, you can see this panic amongst everybody. And I hadn't flown in a while. I went to the, I went to the bathroom. Uh, and I was thinking about the Mile High Club. Like, I forgot about that concept, the Mile High Club. And I think the Mile High Club is only cool when it's your plane. Like, that's sweet. But actually, like, actually having sex with a person on a regular poor person commercial plane is just rude. You know, because it sounds really cool, like, oh, we're fucking in the air. But the reality is, like, you have to... You have to, you gotta like hold, like you're like going up and then, you know, there's like two stewardess, oh, excuse me, and you have to do this like awkward with this other, you have to wait, you have to wait with another person as someone else comes out and like everyone awkwardly and then you have to go in and everyone will know what you're doing. And then I don't know, I don't know what the, it's not like you're just fucking in the sky. You're like fucking, no, I've never thought, like you know what my boner needs, like a tiny shaky bathroom. 
that's what I need to do right now. It's uh, yeah. So if you're gonna fuck in a plane, get a private plane. Um, so I did that and I landed and uh, I got New Orleans in Marty. It's like if Burning Man threw up on a city street. <laughs> it was just the craziest, like just floats and fucking just drunk. It was the everyone's dressed up. It was it was fucking insane. Um, I went to this really like. I went to this really like sort of hip party uh, in a man a mansion like in the middle of nowhere and it looked like everyone had just gotten back from a David Bowie estate sale. So <laughs> <laughs> what they were wearing, I have never seen so many adults on ecstasy not at a rave. <laughs> It was like every. It was just like these really annoying. I realized that like no matter where you are in this world, there's a lot of the similar people because there's all these just hipsters, all these like old hipsters with like dudes with like glitter on their face, you know, just like yeah, man, and like people saying things like oh, the soul of this town really speaks to me, and just like oh, my rising sign is Capricorn, like terrible humans. <laughs> Terrible fucking people, and there was, there was, there was a couple of interesting characters. There was one guy in the corner who had like two little like like twirly rods, and he was just like dancing like this. And at first, you're like, "Fuck this guy!" Like, "Fuck what a jackass!" But he kept doing it. And it's weird when you see something you initially don't like. At first, it's rejection, and then it's like curiosity, and then it's like acceptance, and it's like, "I think I need to follow this guy." Like he's. He's on to something. He's been doing this for 20 actual minutes, and he looks happier than I have ever been in my entire life. So, yeah, so I got that going for me. Um, there was another, uh, there was this couple, they were like both 40, and um, the, they, they were just playing with like crinkly um, uh, wrapping paper. And I've, again, I've just never seen two people are like, holy shit, have you tried this yet? Like, I don't know. Are you not on the crinkly wrappy paper tip? It was fucking, I was like, man, this is, this is weird. This is a weird place to be. Um, but like I said, I'm actually, I'm from San Francisco uh, and I actually grew up here um, and actually in the city uh, and I can give you the cross streets because everyone, you know, always has that question. Um, I, I think that people have a perception of San Francisco that's different than the reality. Like, like everyone in San Francisco, they, or people think San Francisco just like, oh, everyone's like living in a flop house and like playing hacky sack for money. You want to fuck my girlfriend? Like just liberal shit. <laughs> But it's not that at all. It's like the it's this totally weird like some dude is like making an app like on a hovercraft like you know t like trying to oh I gotta avoid cracks in the street. I need a million dollars. No, it's a weird place. I live in I live in Oakland now. Um, you know because I do this and you can't. There's no money. There's no SF money doing comedy and I take Bart a lot. Um, and and every once in a while on Bart I get to interact with. Uh, the most confident humans on the planet, um, which is, of course, uh, the kids that dance on BART for money. <laughs> like, if you put it in context, they're usually, like, just two 17-year-old kids. Like, I've been 17. I was awkward as fuck. I didn't have this dope beard. Like, I was nerdy. <laughs> I was really nerdy. You know, I never could imagine. These kids get on the BART, and they're just like, all right, everybody. Um, I hope you guys like music and dancing. Uh, and it, like one guy is setting up like the shitty boombox, you know, in the corner, 
and the other guy's just like, what's up? Um, so my name is Unique, and this is my brother, the future. Let's go. And he's just like, <laughs> start, like doing this shit. And it's never really that impressive, but there's always like this move. <laughs> and his, his fucking homie is there. He's like, oh, shit, like losing it. Like the greatest hype man ever. Just like, that just happened. I hope you had your cell phones out. And then at the end, they're like, all right, you know, that's the 30 seconds has gone by. And they're like, you know, the, the best nation is a donation, and, which, is, which is clever. And then they pass around like a box and people put money in it. Uh, I mean, you should always put money. Please support the arts. Uh, the one thing that frustrated me, the one thing that frustrated me, um, I was on the train and I looked into the box for a second and I had that moment where I realized that these two kids just made more money than I was going to my job. <laughs> They've already won the game. They've already fucking got it figured out. Um, I used to have a car, um, but it's been stolen uh, four times. Um, I, have, I had a 93 Honda Civic, and uh, don't buy that car, uh, by the way. It's really easy to steal, apparently. <laughs> and it's been stolen four times, uh, four different cities, and Every time that it's been stolen, I've happened to be around another person. So four different people have watched me react to getting my car stolen, which, which has had an interesting arc. Because the first time, it's just like, oh, I can't even, what? I can't, like, just utter, well, I can't believe it. This did not happen, like, whatever. Second time was like, fuck, not again. Are you serious? Third time was like, oh, man, I kind of had it coming. I mean, I did park it, you know? <laughs> Fourth time was like all zen. I'm like, no, man, it's like everybody's car, dude. Like, <laughs> probably just needed a ride, man. I can't judge, whatever. <laughs> it's interesting world. Um, yeah, that's, god damn it, I'm getting sick. For the fuck this last comedian with his germs on this microphone. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I have like uh, an ethnically ambiguous look, according to casting directors. And um, that phrase, ethnically ambiguous, is interesting because I've noticed it only pertains to people that aren't white. Um, and there's nothing more ambiguous than being white. <laughs> it's the only like, race we get to call by the color. Other than black people, and that's because black people are like, just, just whatever, we'll deal with black. It's been so <laughs> shitty. F fine. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm Indian. Um, I don't know. It's Indian. Being Indian is cool. Like it's a chill. There's no like I. The racism I experience is so like so normal, so fine, so minor. It's such a like a like I, I was at a Whole Foods and a white lady thought I worked there. She like, you know, that was it. She's like, excuse me, sir. You know where the tomatoes are? And then and like inside, I was like, I was like, you white devil bitch. But like, but like, my mom raised me, so I was like, oh, right over there, ma'am, I'll, I'll walk you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I've been taking, uh, without this car, I've been taking a lot of uh, Lyft and, and Uber, um, which I like. Uh, but there's guilt, I've realized, in both 
both of the ride shares. Uh, the Uber guilt is like really straightforward. You know, like they're just, you just, because all the drivers for Uber are like furious, like ex-cabbies, you know, that are like from that part of Russia where they make a bad guy from a Liam Neeson movie. And they're just like, take it out. Like, you're like, you know, I used to make twice as much money. Like, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know. I just want to uh, not drink and drive. So whatever. Um, and then like in Lyft, it's more of a passive aggressive guilt. Um, because the people are really nice. And you get these people, you know, like you'll get in. And then you know, the guy is like from Syria, you know, and you get this whole like his life story. And there's all these sort of awkward moments in it where you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, you watch your father die in your arms that's that's really rough uh can you make a left here please oh, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. you know you just have this there's like a it, it's such because you it's like a whole it's like a frontline documentary it's just happened in the car and you just have the guilt you're just like all right uh bye uh good luck finding asylum uh, i'll i'll tip you a dollar uh sorry it's okay guilt's okay we should feel guilty we have a lot of nice things <laughs> Too many nice things. I don't know. I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm such a hedonist. I just. I like to just live my life in the moment. You know. I'm like that's the way to live life, and which is a, just a cute way of saying that I do drugs when they're free. <laughs> and then sometimes it gets you in trouble. Like one time I was at this um, this bar in the Mission. Actually, it was kind of was close to here. And uh, the only thing I was going to do was get some beers with my buddy Joe. Uh, I go into the bathroom and I see uh, there's this elderly uh, Mexican man and he's doing uh, what we like to call in the industry uh, key bumps of cocaine. <laughs> and you can figure it out. And, uh, and I, look, I look at him. I don't know any Spanish, but I was just like, um, uh, uh, pata me, pata me <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna seize this moment and and he was he like looked at me he understood and he was just like see pero es fuerte <laughs> which I found out uh, later is Spanish for you're about to do math <laughs> yeah it's math buddy hope you, have a, hope you don't have a job tomorrow and yeah that was so So just be careful, guys. Be careful, guys. All right, I've been Spencer Latham. Thank you very much. Spencer Latham! Keep it going for him. As we learned from Justin Gomes earlier, uh, people who uh, have make meth, one of them went to college at some point. They have a lab, so don't be too scared of them. Yay, Spencer Latham, great set. Yay! I apologize for being so ambiguously racist all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm like the accidental racist. Uh, your next comedian would, but she probably wants to school me all the time. Like, why, why you got to be so white and so accidentally racist? But I just try to smile a lot and be cute about it. I was racist. Like, it's not my fault. It's society. I, I believe. I believe in. I believe in Black Lives Matter. I would never. I would never say all lives matter because I. <laughs> I won't do it. I've learned. My girls taught me right. I tell you what. Uh, your next comedian is so, so funny, and I'm so glad that she's here for you guys tonight. You're going to love her jokes. She's actually part of the uh, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up the 2nd through the 6th. I'm so excited to have her. You guys are going to laugh hysterically. Clap wildly for Dom Gellin. Thank you. All right. Okay, guys. 
Uh, at this point, I feel like if any of you are still throwing 1920s parties, I'll just assume I'm not invited. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I just, I mean, I feel like there are pe still people who walk around and they're like, oh man, I feel like I was born in the wrong decade. Don't you ever wish you were born in the 60s? Fucking no. <laughs> no, of course not. Like 2060, maybe, right? When San Francisco's underwater and white people are finally refugees. <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. Oh my God, it's going to be great. Can you imagine people from San Francisco finally get to like Nebraska? Right, and it's just gonna be like, oh shit, I forgot the rest of America doesn't recycle, yikes. <laughs> Everybody here thinks Hillary's super liberal, yikes. It's gonna be really uncomfortable, all right? It's gonna be great. I, I don't think all of us are gonna end up in Nebraska. I think some of us might end up in Texas, and that'll be interesting. <laughs> We're gonna get there and be like, oh my God, that's so cool that you have brown people here. Uh, we really like this neighborhood. You think they'll want to go east? And that'll be a conversation in itself. I, uh, <laughs> it's all right. I just moved to, to San Francisco, as uh, Pam alluded to. Um, and I think it's a really lovely city. The only thing that I'm having a weird time adjusting to is your guys' selective flushing policy. Uh, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush. Don't nod like that's not the most disgusting thing you've ever fucking heard. Jesus Christ. That is so gross, you guys. That is some third world shit, all right? Just like there are pots of urine sitting across San Francisco. That's in third, and, and I know it's some third world shit because you know who else doesn't flush? My grandmother in Haiti because she can't, all right? Get it together. I, <laughs> I said this yesterday and some lady heckled me in the front row. She's like, it's to conserve water. Like, I'm a fucking idiot, right? Like, I don't get, like, I don't get that by not flushing some kid in San Jose gets a clean cup of water. I fucking get it. I get it. It's cool. I, um, I don't know. I think it bothered me on two levels, right? Because, like, number one, she thought I was an idiot, right? Uh, and number two, it was, it was a white girl with dreads. Uh... <laughs> Not about it. If I'm going to be completely honest, uh, if I were to ever become a comic book villain, white kids with dreads would be my origin story. And I'm not even sorry about it. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. Like, look, okay, uh, I, I grew up in Miami, and in Miami, everybody's either like an immigrant or some immigrant's kid. So anytime there was a white kid in our class, we definitely made fun of them because uh, they only spoke English and they thought we cared what percent German they were. I can promise you I've never had a conversation with another black person with like, oh, do you think Becky's like one-fourth Irish and like one-fifth Italian? For them to turn around and be like, no, she's definitely one-sixty-second Cherokee. Like that's, I promise you that does not happen. But it's all right. I mean, like, I mean, you know, it's not my first time living among white people. Obviously, I sound like this. You're safe. You're safe. Everybody's fine. I just... <laughs> Anytime I get to leave South Florida, I feel like an anthropologist because I finally get to study white people, but like in your natural habitat, right? Your natural habitat. It's a place where like people are like, oh, you're Haitian? I don't know where Haitia is, but like you can sit the fuck down. It's fine. We got it. <laughs> we got it. Thanks. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been an adventure. I think one of the cool things about uh, San Francisco is that it's every bit as gay as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, the city's super fucking gay, uh, which is great because there are, you know, there are fewer dumb questions that I have to hear, right? Like, before I left town, I had a friend ask me, he's like, all right, Dom, I get that you're gay, but would you let our friend Paul 
go down on you if he was wearing a wig? I was like, I don't know, man. Would you let Paul go down on you if he was wearing a wig? <laughs> Fuck am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> Thanks for nothing. <laughs> and he was just like, listen, Paul's got a great smile and a wonderful personality, and he looks good in a wig, and sexuality's a spectrum. I wish you wouldn't be so judgmental. And then it was awkward because Paul and I carpool. So <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a fun time. Uh, I have managed to go on at least one date since I've been out here. And it'll probably be my last one for a while. Uh, I went to a, a cafe and this girl looks across the room and she's like, do you ever just see a slice of cake and want to rub it all over your body? What the fuck? <laughs> No! I see a slice of cake and I want to put it in my mouth. Like, that's where cake... You're doing cake wrong. Like, cake belongs in your mouth. You're fucking up. All right? I had some feelings about it. And one of my friends was like, Dom, she was probably flirting with you. She probably wanted you to eat cake off her body. And I was like, why? So I could have cake and salty nipples? Fucking pass. No, thank you. All right? That's just... You know, I mean, some people like the sweet and savory. I'm not one of them, right? Like, I just... My name's been Dom Jell, and you guys have been awesome. Thank you so much. Keep it going for Dom. Yes. Great stuff. Know how to eat cake, you dumb fucks. What's up? Absolutely. You put it in your mouth. What are you gonna, where else are you going to put the cake? Oh, I, uh, I had a boyfriend. He wanted me to put a candy bar in my vagina, and he wanted to eat it out. No, I know, not sexy. I'm so glad we're all on the same page on this one. He was like, I have a sexy idea for us. I was like, no, that's not where Twix belongs. It belongs in my mouth, not the two in the sticks. No sticks near my, near my coochie parts. Boys are gross. I don't know why they think of, I don't know why they come up with these ideas. Who wants to eat Snickers out of a cooch, right? Or like Baby Ruth? It looks like a poo. Like, why would you want to do that? I've, I've disingenuous half my audience now. You're going to love your next comedian. He is a, a baby angel that it will terrorize your hearts and, and maybe scare you a little bit, but it's going to be great. I'm going to tell everybody from the outside to come on the inside. Oh, we'll let him do it. Yeah, take the microphone. The microphone reaches outside. It's no big deal. But while we're inside, clap like you've never clapped before. It's Ethan Albers. All right, good for you, Pam. Oh man, that's uh, that actually happened. I don't know uh, history-wise though, guys. If you know that, her name is Marianne Faithful. Mick Jagger actually was fucking her with a like a Butterfingers bar, and it actually ruined her career. And they sold more albums. It's actually real. Come on in, guys. How's it going, guys? Take take it in. Let's come around. Come on in. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm talking about Marianne Faithful real quick. She got fucked by Candy Bar. Learn out more. Find out more inside. Come on. Find out more inside. I'll talk about music history. It was a Butterfingers, baby. So Butterfingers. Other rock music. I don't know if you guys know this. Jimi Hendrix never played guitar. I'm full of shit. I'm just fucking lying right now. It's like completely full of shit. Just lying. That's what liars do. I'm a liar. I fib. I do that. Hello. Uh, me and Spencer had a great talk in the back about uh, drinking and stuff. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't really do that too much uh, anymore. I know. I mean, sometimes, but not really. Like, uh, you know why? Uh, it's like, I don't, I have like a medical 
thing this like happens every time um i get punched in my face <laughs> every single time because i'm an asshole and i drink you see how that happens like this, oh, you guys heard a joke before, but this is how bad I was at drinking. I got kicked out of a bar in West Oakland one time for aggressively swing dancing. I was like, I'm gonna dip you. They're like, get the fuck out, buddy. It's hip hop night. I have my fucking top hat and shit. I just wanna get into it, man. I wanna get in. I wanna talk. I actually have been thinking about this all week. I walked by my old building today, uh, earlier this week, and it reminded me of the time I tried to kill myself. Okay, we're gonna get serious. I'm Ted, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Okay, I, I got your hands, I got your hands, guys. So the time I uh, tried to kill myself, uh, it was after a night of heavy drinking. So I'm talking about killing myself, guys, exposing myself, because I'm an artist. I'm a real life artist. So I was, uh, I was drinking, it doesn't matter what happened. And uh, I got all hungover, and I woke up and I decided I was gonna take all the medicine in my cabinet and just fucking end it, dude. I had a bunch of painkillers, I had a bunch of whatever vitamins, just fucking pack it all in there. So, you know, fuck it, I hate my landlord, let him find my body, fuck it. Like, I was at that point in time, right? We've been there, we've shitty buildings and stuff, fuck them, right? The perfect, like, what better, a landlord wants that. A landlord wants to find the corpse of their worst tenant, right? That's like, makes their day, I'm pretty sure of it. So, I start trying to take, like, painkillers, and I don't know, you guys ever been so hungover that you can't kill yourself? You just can't, I couldn't keep anything down. I'm like, I'm like gagging like a fucking prom date. Like, it's just like, ah, It's like, so I decide, I decide that I'm going to coat my belly, which is like the most disgusting thing I find in my neighborhood. So I walk to the KFC Taco Bell on the corner of Polk and Eddie, three blocks from my house. And I walk in, it's like 11 in the morning, there's like five people in line. I'm like, just being a bitch, like, okay, so five other people are gonna fucking kill themselves, right? It's 11 a.m. at a fucking KFC Taco Bell. So I'm in there, just like, eh, fuck, you probably wait in line at the bridge or something. It's like the fucking worst bitch imaginable. And this guy uh, in front of me steps up the counter and the woman on the counter goes, uh, what can I get for you, sir? Wait. No, that's too good a customer service. She goes, yes, that's her customer service. And I was actually excited to have this woman because the normal person I get is a guy who has an eye patch and says nothing. He just stares at you and you go, did you just take my order through my mind? <laughs> did that just happen? Did he just order my chalupas? I think he did. So, I, uh, so I'm there, I'm excited about this woman. The woman goes, yes. And he goes, uh, I want one of those landslides. And the woman goes, I don't know what that is. And a man goes, don't act like you don't know what a landslide is. Press the secret button. Get me on the way. And a woman goes, we do not have a landslide. What is a landslide? And a man's like, you don't know what a landslide is? It's where you take two chalupas, you cover with corn, and top with mashed potatoes and gravy. You tell me you don't know what a landslide is. And a woman's like, we do not do that here, sir. What will you have? And I'll never forget what the guy ordered. He goes, well, I guess I'll take two chalupas, a side of corn, and a side of mashed potatoes and gravy. And I'm standing in a line. I'm like, man, I can't kill myself. I can't do this. I haven't had a landslide yet. <laughs> right? So I order it, and then just marathon French. Like, it saved my life, guys. I was like, fucking, okay, I guess everything's all right. Just marathon it. I called the 1-800 number. I left a thing. They're like, how was your customer service today? It saved my life. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Save my life. The man with one eye, maybe fire him. He's a little scary, but uh, the woman that says yes, bang up job. Give her a raise. Yeah. 
I don't know. I that the whole drinking stuff. Like, here's the thing. I drink. I fucking. I kickstart it, man. It's like I'm kickstart a fucking two stroke. I'm ready to party. So I come out of a bar. I'm looking for drugs. I'm looking for anything, and that's dangerous because I don't know how to buy drugs the right way. I just assume all guys with new shoes and backpacks are my best friend, <laughs> and it turns out they just want money from me. Drug dealers want money. Or at least bad drug dealers want money. You know, we all have like friends that kind of sell drugs, but they're not really drug dealers, right? They're they're friends with surplus that's what they are so i come out of a bar one time just fucked up drunk and i hear oxycodone i'm like fuck yeah that goes great when you're, <laughs> you're already fucking drinking right take some painkillers have a good time so i go how much and he goes five for 20 i'm like that's a good deal so i give him my money and he goes follow me to my car so i start walking with this good drug dealer and then like something's clicking through my head and i'm like wait he's gonna beat me up that's what's gonna happen so I stop. Something makes me stop. And I stop directly from my building. And I go, hey, I don't like where it's going, man. And I'm an adult. It's a transaction for one person or another. So I go, I want a refund. And a drug dealer, they don't give refunds. I don't know if you guys know this. So he goes, well, how about this? You wait right here. I'll run and get the drugs. And I'll be right back. And I'm like, that's a good drug dealer, right? Like, no, no, that's a bad drug dealer. Here is my money. That's bad. So I go, if you're not going to give me a refund, I want collateral. And he goes, what? What do you want? I'm like, I want your hat. And he's like, fine, fuck it. And he takes his hat off and he hands it to me. That's where my confidence comes in, this drunk confidence. I'm like, that's not enough for my $20. I want your shirt. <laughs> he goes, what? I was like, you heard me. And he's like, fuck it, fine. I guess I'll make the sale. So he takes his shirt off and he hands it to me. And then in a move I can only describe as to make me feel like a fucking dickhead, he goes, here, hold on to my chain while you're at it. And he takes his chain off and he hands it to me, drops it in a hat. He's like, I'll be right back. Stay right here. And he runs off. And so I'm standing there. I'm standing in front of my building. I'm drunk. I go, I need to pee. So I run upstairs real quick to go pee. And I do this thing I've never done before. Um, I sit down and I fall asleep. So I wake up in the morning and I have a brand new baseball cap, a super bitchin' gold chain, and a t-shirt that says property of Little Tate on the collar. I robbed a drug dealer, guys. That's what happens. And here's the thing. I saw clubbing. I felt bad. I felt bad. I'm taking money. First off, I clearly robbed a teenager, right? Because his mother wrote his name on his shirt. I robbed a teenager, pretty sure of it, who was bigger than me. And second, he ran around the tenderloin with a handful of pills looking for a drunk version of me. <laughs> I've, I don't know. I feel bad. I hung it on a post with a, this, like, sorry, I hung a shirt and a hat. I fucking kept a gold check. It's fuck him, right? It's like uh, he took my 20 bucks. But uh, I kept that. I hung it. I was like, sorry, dude. Just, you know. And I saw, I used to see him around my neighborhood, too. And he's like, look at me, but, you know, like all... Well, everybody that looks like me, well, I'm all San Francisco now, so it's it's okay, right? We all look the same. Maybe he beat up somebody that deserves it. I don't know. I'm not sure. What am I going to talk about? I like, um, I don't know, this doesn't really matter, I guess, does it? No, right? This doesn't, yeah, right? No, like. Let's bring it down. Let's bring it down, guys. We're going to be real. Like, no, this doesn't matter. You know, I, I, the sun's halfway through its life cycle. Halfway through. So that means whatever sees the, bur the sun burn out won't be human, right? So that means this is all pointless. There's no, <laughs> there's no point to any of this, right? And all the stuff we post on the internet, all that stuff will not be remembered. You know what lasts? 
pollution. So if you want to be remembered, you're getting it. <laughs> Pollute, right? Right, like I, I'm not, I don't want to be remembered as a guy who does comedy. I want to be rem uh, remembered as the guy who killed all ducks. <laughs> that's what I want to be remembered as. I w that'll go down and like people like, he killed all ducks, that's who he was. I don't know. I... We'll go there. I hate. Uh, we'll do this. We'll go. Yeah, we'll go there. I. I don't know. I recently realized I'm. I'm not smarter than a tree. Oh, you think you're smarter than a tree, huh? Yeah. You think you're smarter than a tree, huh, David? Yeah. Try cleaning air. <laughs> right? I don't know how to do that. I don't do that. I'll give you guys all respect for a tree. We'll give you all respect. I want everybody to do this. Everybody gonna do this. Everybody do this. Everybody do this. I'll fucking stand up here. I got time and a microphone. I will yell at people and just, I see you. No, I'm yelling at somebody, nothing in the corner. That's just a curtain, okay? Okay. I know you have wine in one hand. That's okay. Okay. Now do that forever, okay? That's what a tree does. They just hold shit up, right? That's smart. I see a tree with a fort in it. I'm like, you hardworking motherfucker. You deserve employee of the month. That's a good tree, man. That's man imposing himself on nature. I don't know. We, I was, uh, I was home in Oregon. That's where I'm from. Of course, right? Why would I say home? And not, that's fucking stupid. Cut that out. Excessive words. Just talking, filling time. No. So I was home in Oregon, and I realized, I learned that memories are subjective. Like the way you remember something and the way somebody else remembers something are completely two different things. Like you can, it's kind of crazy. Like I, like, uh, like I was home and I was talking to my brother, like we're reminiscing about like our white trash upbringing. And I'm like, hey man, it was really tough like being raised by trash. And he goes, Ethan, uh, uh, we weren't raised by trash. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, uh, you're white trash. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, the cars on the side of the house with no tires on it, you. <laughs> And I'm like, nah, no way, I'm not white trash. I got like upset. And he goes, name your favorite band, man. And I'm like, Fog He's like, case dismissed. <laughs> white trash, apparently, guys. It's okay. I'm turning white trash. White trash, right? Truck nuts, here I come. I'm gonna get truck nuts on something. I I do have something to put truck nuts, actually. I don't live in an apartment anymore. I live on a school bus here in San Francisco. Don't applaud that. Uh, I be, yeah, I don't know. Be, people say beat system. It doesn't matter. But uh, I do live on a school bus. Here's the thing. Like, you got to get used to people looking at you different. Because there's all these, like, stigmatisms, like, whatever stigmatisms around homeless people or people living in RVs and buses. Generally, they're crazy or psycho. Like, for example, I was, uh, I was filling up water outside of a Safeway recently, and I had... Um, uh, I had this guy come up beside me with like a jug of water. And I'm like, great minds think alike, man. And he goes, yeah, dude, a bottle of water is expensive. And I'm like, yeah. Plus, you don't want to give Nestle your money, right? He goes, what? I'm like, yeah, because they exploit third world aquifers and they turn a human right into a commodity. And he goes, I never thought about it like that. And we high five. And he goes, I changed this man's life. I felt good. He felt good. We, we parted ways knowing I made this man better and influence his life. And I walk away and I get up on my bus and I turn around and I see that he saw me get on the bus and I knew just deep down everything I told him was dismissed. <laughs> because I live on a bus, right? If I start making sense, who else starts making sense? The people on the BART, Jehovah's Witnesses, that's how that works, okay? 
I don't know. It's just how it is. I did have a security breach recently. Security breach on the old fort, the old bus. I parked in a place. I normally want to park, whatever. And I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. My dog's, the dog's growling. And there's a person trying to, like, jiggle the rear door. So I, like, I get up. I spring out. Spring into action. I'm, I'm naked. I sleep in a nude in my bus. I get up. I see him walking around to the front door. So I run up to the front door. And he's jiggling on the door. And I pull back the curtains. And what do you think I yell this man? Looking fear in the face. I yell, I'm going to spear you. And he goes, whoa, What? And I'm like, I'm going to spear you. I had to repeat my threat. That's how non-threatening I was, this man. And he's just like, all right, dude. And he's like walked off. That's what he did. So he walked off, and he's going to go out around and tell that story. I used to break into cars. That guy knows other people that breaks into cars. Look at me. Of course I fucking used to break into cars. Don't act surprised. So he's going to go around. He's going to tell stories. His buddy's going to tell a story. He had a gun pulled on him. That's nothing. This guy's going, that's nothing, dude. One time. I found a mother load, the super sweet bus, full, super sweet, full plasma screen TVs, man, Nintendo 64s, whatever you name it, dude, hot stuff, hot stuff, it's going to be worth a lot of money, back door's locked, I come around the front, who do you think is standing there naked, but Gary Busey, threatening to spear me, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for the guy, his acting career is just in the toilet, living on a bus and stuff, <laughs> a lot of TVs though, a lot of TVs, Gary Busey. We were going to go with this. We talked about the bus. Talked about the bus. Talked about spearing. I don't know. Oh, we're not, we're not there yet. I don't know. <laughs> we're there. Are we there? We're there. We're there. Okay, we'll talk about them. Uh, I don't know. I was thinking, like, I was an angry kid. Like, I was a, like a little, as a kid, I was an angry kid. I, like, I had an arch enemy as a child. His name was Daniel Bowden. You can look him up. He's a real life fucking person. He kicked my dog when I was like five. After that, we're enemies. I want, and I wanted to fuck this kid up. I wanted to beat him up. I was bigger than him. I was stronger than him. I could beat this kid up, right? The only person to hold me back was my father. Every time I'd like grab a baseball bat or run down the street because he'd be like running a stupid little fucking face. My dad would be like, no, boy. Like, hold me back like a fucking dog. Like a pit bull. One day, boy. One boy. One day, boy. Get in your corner, boy. Be doing that. He'd always hold me back. One day, my sister used to babysit this boy overnight. My sister calls him up in the morning and goes, hey, I just woke up in the middle of the night uh, to Daniel's hands on the front of my pants, and I don't feel safe. Come save me, dad. So my dad hangs up the phone, and he looks right at me, and he goes, Ethan, you're going to fuck up Daniel Bowden. And I'm like, yes, the one guy finally got the approval. So we load up in a station wagon with my two younger brothers and we drive across the city of Portland. My dad drives up on the front lawn of this kid's house and I get out, I run up, I try to kick the door, but ah, like screaming, nothing. I'm seven years old, like eight years old. I can't kick a fucking door open. I don't have the strength. So I'm just like hard knocking with my foot. This kid opens in his pajamas. I'm like, ah, I start hitting him. Not a big deal, right? I'm just hitting a kid while he's fucking eating his Cheerios and stuff. Not a big deal. This is where it got weird though. My dad comes in like a mob boss and goes, take what you want. Take what you want. And my brothers go in and start grabbing his child's toys and running out to the car with him while I'm hitting them. Ah, you killed my dog, fucking whatever, like doing that. I get up, I go grab his Super Nintendo and all his games. We go get in the car with my sister. My dad does a donut in the front lawn and drive off, leaving his child just fucking by himself. And that's how I got a Super Nintendo. My dad taught me to get a Super Nintendo like that. That's not anything. That's not anything. 
Because I was raised, welcome. I don't know. No, you're not. Don't be sorry. I was raised by TV, like all, all that fun stuff. Like anybody else raised in here by TV? Right, yeah. So you go to TV for any time there's something crazy to happen, right? Any like whatever, anything in your life. So, like, I was a little kid and I was running around outside with no shoes on, and my dad's on the front porch. He's like, "Ethan, put your fucking shoes on." And I'm like, "That's, you know, be me a little kid." I'm like, "No." So my dad does this like cool parenting thing. I'm sure you guys' parents have done it before too. He pulls a pistol out and holds it to his head and goes, "Put your fucking shoes on." And I'm like, whoa, dude, Danny Tanner never did that in Full House. He never went, listen, Olsen twins, don't no way Jose me. Don't do that. Put your fucking shoes on. DJ, eat your fucking peas. That never went down like that. It never happened. And after that, my father was crazy. It was okay. Well, I only had one other moment with my father. I was like, he's a crazy person. I, uh... Uh, we, we had this hedge next to the house and my, we, my whole family just throw shit in there like we didn't want. Like, I remember my mom like kicking a TV under it as a child. Like That's where we just threw stuff in the hedge. My dad got angry one time at a mop and actually just threw it through the hedge like fucking a javelin just threw. Here's the thing. On the other side of the hedge is a gas station and he threw it through and broke the window out to a police car. So like five minutes later, this cop comes around. He's knocking on the door, and the sign of my father was truly deep down to the bone crazy because his cop's holding it, and the first thing out of his mouth is, God damn it, I can't get rid of that mop. <laughs> uh, that's been my time. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good night. Ethan Alberst. Hallelujah. Good times. Has, did Filippo Esfico arrive from uh, L.A.? Did Filippo Esfico arrive from L.A.? Filippo Esfico from L.A., he has not arrived yet. No, he's driving up from L.A. right now. He was going to get, oh, yeah, 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 good times. Yeah, uh, so Filippo Esfico isn't here, which means we have time for one more comedian. Uh, hey, uh, put your hands together, everybody. Steve, you want to do a set? Are you going to do it? Okay. All right. He's a headliner in his own right. You guys are going to enjoy his sets. He was uh, headlining tonight. Well, it just means he went last at... Uh, at the grotto, but it's all good. Old dumb face himself. He has a great podcast uh, called Radiation Island with Chris Knatzer on Libsyn. Uh, he also is a regular guest on the AltaCast every Wednesday from noon to two. We call him Old Dumbface. Think you guys are gonna like his jokes? Clap wildly! And by the way, in the back, there's still so much fucking food. Take it with you. Jesus Christ, I'm gonna throw it away. It's such a bummer. I, I hate to throw away food, but I can't put it on the street because nobody wants to eat things on the street with the Indian food. All Indian food. All right, guys, Steve Boji. Thank you. Yeah, I, I do a, a podcast called Radiation Island uh, with a weirdo outside. Uh, I do a web series, Pete and Poji, with a, with a weirdo in Berkeley. <clears throat> and uh, I am filming a movie. That's why I look like a Sega Genesis villain. Uh, I got the full mohawk going. Yeah. So this was a big commitment to character. Like he's a, he's a good friend of mine. This was like his dream to make this movie. And so from now until uh, basically the end of March, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna look like I compete on Street Fighter. That's, that's how it's gonna go down. Uh, there are some benefits to looking like this. One, homeless people don't really ask you for too much. Uh, not a lot of people make eye contact with you. 
Uh, some people just, especially old Asian people, they just run away from me uh, as soon as they see me. I am getting a, a lot of women with severe daddy issues, though, that just, like, whenever they want to see me, they just really want to piss off their dad. Like, sometimes people stop and take a picture with me in the streets. Like, hey, look, the, the roommate interview's going well, unless you want to send me two grand. And bam, that money's there. PayPal Express. Uh, so, yeah. It, it sucked because I had my hair really long. I had it down to my chest, and then I cut it and donated it because I was just sick of having long hair, and I just wanted to not fuck with my hair. And then, like, two days later, he's like, I need you to grow out your hair and your beard for this movie. I'm like, well, why would I do that? He's like, well, the lead actor is Luke Skywalker's nephew. And I was like, I'm fucking doing it right now. It's growing out. Uh, we were talking about how uh, Disney is making Star Wars land uh, to train people into going into FEMA camps. Uh, but if they did have a Star Wars-themed FEMA camp, I think I would go to it. I wouldn't be that hard to trick. Like, you wouldn't have to put, like, shower for the gas chamber. You just put gas chamber in a picture of R2-D2. I'm going in there, right? Make the nozzles look like C-3PO. I'm taking selfies, right? I'm having a good time as I turn pink. That is a Zyklon B joke. Uh, but I think, I think my time in San Francisco is coming to an end. I think I got, like, another year in me, and then I, I just got to just... Trying to do anything in this town is just fucking insane. Anything. Like, just like a simple, like, well, did you lose your cell phone? Puh, hope you got nine and a half hours, buddy. You got to come in. You can't even, the, the cell phone store is like the new airport. Like, you have to, you have to, there's a greeter now. They take down your name, and then you go up on like a bingo board, so you know how long it'll be until you get fucked out of two years of contract, for whatever reason, Right? Two years for fucking contract. One time I had a kid show up at my house trying to sell magazines. Five-year contract for the magazines. Five years. Like, dude, like that's like, that's like two presidents. Like, I can't commit to that. I just, I don't know. I've had good times. I went to the Lusty Lady. I got to see that before that closed down. And that was an accomplishment. If you've never been to the Lusty Lady, it's not a bookstore. Uh, it is indeed a strip club. Uh, but it's a strange strip club because you go into like your own little private elevator booth, right? And uh, it is told to you several times as you go into this little booth, like, you can do whatever you want in there. Like, whatever you want to do, you can do it in there. You can do whatever you want to do. So you're like, all right, I'm just not going to touch the walls, right? As I stand in this little, you know, cum shed, just hanging out. And uh, you, you, there's a dollar bill machine, like a fucking vending machine, and you put a dollar in, and then very like comically slow, this little panel goes, and it comes up, and then you see this nigga girl dancing and spinning around, right? Well, some asshole decided to put mirrors in there. So as I'm looking through this window, staring at this nigga girl dancing around, I see my buddy's bearded dumb face in a little box next to me, because it's bouncing off the reflection. So now I'm just like fucking with him, but I'm paying money to see her. She just sees me, I'm just flipping people off, right? I'm fucking, eh, right? I laugh so hard, I leaned against the walls. Like, oh God, we gotta burn everything. We can't keep it, we can't keep it. I've never, like I was with him outside, now I'm paying money just to see him. Just like a shitty picture. 
It was like Harry Potter where the paintings move and shit. That's what I had. And this naked bimbo kept getting in my way. Like, get out of the way here. What are you doing? Nobody wants to see your stretch marks. Stop it. Negative. Um, my first experience at the strip club uh, was in St. Louis, Missouri. And in St. Louis, Missouri, we actually have Soje, Illinois, and we call that East St. Louis. Now, it's weird because it's Illinois land, but everyone calls it East St. Louis because nobody really wants to take responsibility for this small crime-ridden area. <laughs> like, it's like you, you hear people like, oh, this is a bad neighborhood. Like, like, when, like, like don't stop at the stop signs is a common practice. And he's like, anytime you could go down there, there's people just burning garbage in their yard, just fucking crazy, right? It's just a horrible place. And that's where all the strip clubs are. There's this bar called Pops, and you can drink 24 hours a day there. 24. Why would you need to drink at a bar for 24 hours a day? But you can, and then they have all the strip clubs, like, located nearby. Uh, but it's like an anything goes. Like, they, I don't think they have them here, but they have, like, a shower thing at the strip club where you can pay $5 and get in like a kiddie pool while water dumps down on you. Like I guess, like you'd have to bring like a change of clothes for this thing, you would think, right? Unless you're like, you know, Jake's getting married, who gives a fuck, whoa, right? But he's like, it's just recycled water. Like there's, it's not tapped into a water source, so it's just like sucking up pre-germed water from, you know, the other trucker that was there before you. Just back sweat mustard, you know, mustache hairs raining down in your face and, you know, on her nipples. It was crazy. It would not be uncommon to see pregnant strippers there. You would see that we had, like, tiers of, like, clubs, and some of them it's just like, this is the one that showed up. Like, instead of, like, you know, Becky's got a nice ass, like, you know, here comes the Morlock. She's, for a dollar, she'll give you a noogie. Like, right? It's, it's real. And like, like the first time I ever went in there, like I turned 21 and now I'm like eligible to go in and I like go through this twisting line and I pay to go in and like I walk in and the first thing I see off to my left is a guy getting a beer bottle jammed in and out of his ass, right? He's just got his pants down. He's got a plaid white shirt on. She, and she's just fucking, you know, give him a little Anheuser right in his bush, <laughs> right? And it was like, great. Like uh, this, is, this is what I waited 21 to see. It's just, you know, it's like prison with a cover charge. Welcome on in, you know. I hope your butthole's tight, because it won't be when you leave. Uh, I, I was a bad strip club customer. I felt bad for my dancer, so I just gave her a 10 instead of ones. I was like, here's a 10, go to college, and I just left. I was just, I wanted to do my part. I think that was actually kind of like my first GoFundMe. It was just like, you want a better life? I want you to have one too. Here you go. Um, I actually, I, for a while, I worked security for a prostitute. Uh, I would pick her up, and then I would drop her off, and then uh, I, would, I would go away to like a certain amount of time, and then after a certain amount of time passed, I had to like go pick her up, and if she wasn't there, I had to like go in to get her. Uh, which, again, me in my stupid pajama pants, I'm wearing Captain Crunch, right? Crunch berries! And uh, there she, she'd bring this little blue bag, and she'd always set it in the back seat of the car, and then she'd get in the front, and she's like, hey, if for some reason I ever, you know, don't come out of somewhere, you know, just going to the blue bag is pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Never, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, fuck this bitch. She leaves, I got a blue bag. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not going in after anybody. Uh, but then the time, like, came, and she wasn't there, 
And so I was like, I guess we got to go in. So I, I parked my 92 Geo Tracker with the canvas top and the back window rotted out that I gorilla taped together. And I get out in my house slippers and my pajama pants and I'm just walking around like I'm looking for somebody. And I'm like, oh, she's like really not out here. I guess I got to go to the bag. And I swear to God, I unzip the blue bag and it's a sawed off shotgun with like two shells just like floating around in my back seat. Like this is what you pay for. And so now I've got pajama pants and a shotgun and a missing prostitute. Like Scooby-Doo, eat your heart out. And now I'm motivated to find her because I want to get rid of this fucking gun. Like, why? I drink a lot, all right? That's why I don't own guns, so I don't have something I could accidentally kill myself with because I was going to reenact a scene from a movie or something. <laughs> and so I get the shotgun, and I don't put the bullets in it because I'm a pussy, and I'm like, I, I'm going to accidentally shoot myself. I don't even know how these things work. And so I'm, I got it, like, in my pants, and I'm, like, walking up like a stiff leg, like I'm a, you know, dilapidated penguin in the Crunchberry pants. And uh, I'm like, I guess I'll knock? Like, and so I'm, like, holding the gun, and I go to knock, and then the door opens up, and the prostitute comes out, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, we were listening to music. I was like, listening to music? There was a shotgun involved for this scenario. All right, it's not like you stayed out past the streetlights and grandma's over, all right? This is a little bit more severe. You get your fucking ass in that tracker. And that was it. That was my little story, and I never did it again. And uh, she bought me a laptop. So, you know, all's well that ends well. Thank you for sticking around for my little portion. Steve Boji, is that a shotgun in your pants, or are you happy to see us? Is that, it's not loaded, as long as it's not loaded, you crazy, crazy guy. Uh, I'll, this has been uh, Pam Tassis Comedy Clubhouse. I'll leave you guys uh, with one thing. I don't, I don't, tonight has been a very political night. There are many people that talked about politics. I don't want to be political, okay? I don't want to be. But the language forces me to be political, okay? I don't know what to call myself anymore. You know, I, am I, I'm a human, right? I'm a female. What am I? What am I? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person, right? What am I? I, I? I'm, I'm people. Even that, like boys have a people, girls have a vagina. I know it's not spelled like that, but it's all just misogynistically bent. The only thing I can call myself is a feminist because it's the only word without the word men in it. <laughs> it's absolutely true. As an I, if anybody knows how to spell, it's just, that's just me being political. Thank you for the chuckles in the back with my little... Uh, I'll leave you guys with one uh, last amazing dick joke because that's how professionals do it. They end on a dick joke. Uh, I, I've always been looking for the right guy and he needs to be uncircumcised. Circumcision, his choice, his decision. Am I right? Uh, I like it for my own specific reasons. I want to take up his dick and I want to pull his foreskin up over his dick and I want to put whiskey in his foreskin because I want whiskey dick for real. Can I finally get what I want? And that won't that be great? It's twofold. One, I'm an alcoholic, and I just love new and sexy ways to drink whiskey. You know, 
and then two, it's about keeping it clean. I'm just trying to clean out all that schmegma because that's gross, you know? Like, learn how to, that's, and that's the problem with circumcision. Why are all American words, I get the Jews. Jews, you want to circumcise, you got a covenant with God, I love it. I love your covenant, cut off the baby dicks. God can use them like little pinky rings. I don't give a fuck, right? But American women, why do white American women all circumcise their babies? Because they're lazy. Because they're afraid of touching baby dick. I'm a nanny. I have no problem touching baby dick. You got to get all in there. You got to get into all the folds. You got to keep it clean. But the problem with entitled rich white American moms is that they don't want to touch any baby dick. They don't want to touch any dick at all. Just give them the money. Just put the dick inside. Make the baby happen. I'm just saying, don't circumcise children. It's, it's, it's general mutilation. It's a terrible thing. Valeska, so glad you're here. Uh, so this has been the end of Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Uh, up at 10 o'clock. Thank you guys who are here for that. We're going to be recording a bunch of commercials for the station. So good times. Clap for your audience. Clap for yourselves. Thank you for being here for Pamtastic's. Yay. Thank you to David. And we'll see you guys next week. stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good. Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical, free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All 